Welcome to From the Field to the Fans. Uh, I'm your host, Kisa Ramirez. Joining me once again, Jose Campos, sports reporter. How you been, man? I'm doing pretty well. I just got back from the Oregon game. It was all right game. Oregon what? What did they play tonight? I Tuesday vo- night. Played volleyball. Played a volleyball game. They did. Okay. Well, that's why we're here. I, it was a, kind of a transition that didn't happen. Um, <laughs> they Texas State Volleyball played uh, a volleyball game against a volleyball team in a stadium where people watch them play volleyball. Uh, very exciting stuff as I just you know, pontificated right there to the audience. Uh, Texas State played <laughs> a three-set game against Oregon, uh, 12th ranked in the nation. It didn't go as well. They lost in three sets, 22-25, 16-25, 19-25. Kind of surprising considering that last night, UTSA, which Texas State beat last week in a five-set game, beat Oregon. So what kind of happened here? I feel more it was on the part of errors for Texas State tonight. They committed 24 errors, which is basically a whole game's worth of errors. They basically lost a the game. A whole week's worth. <laughs> they basically lost the game on errors tonight. And I feel like it wasn't only errors that cost them. It was also the hitting. They just didn't terminate the ball. They had many attempts. They had quite a few from each of the players. But just the lack of termination on the team just hurt them in the end. By the way, I love the word termination in sports. There's not enough termination in sports. Like, why aren't they terminating that football or, or terminating that basketball? I think that should be more of a sports thing. I think well, I, mean, I like it. They, I get it. I get it. But yeah. I wish it was more of a, a consistent thing because I like it. It sounds cool. Like Jordan Cole said it. Uh, I need to terminate the ball more, and it's like, yeah, go for that termination. Let's 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 get some termination. I think you do more termination, you win the game. Um, but as you said, Texas State's hitters non-existent. Jordan Cole four kills, but she had a .091 hitting percentage. Kelsey Wine four kills, zero hitting percentage across the board. Morgan Lewis led the team with eight kills, uh, 200 hitting percentage. Madison Daigle had seven. Not the kind of performance that you saw, and I think you're right. Well, I know you're right. They did not finish, and 24 errors is terrible. That's inexcusable. I'm sure Coach Karen Chisholm isn't happy about that yeah. because for context, like you said in your recap, Oregon had eight errors, and they had a 358 winning uh, hitting percentage. They just dominated. They made the most of their opportunities, and at least, I guess like you said it before the podcast, at least Texas State had the opportunities, but it's not really – there's no point of having the opportunities if you can't make them. Yeah, and it, it might come back to the setter for Texas State. I mean, granted, they're still trying to find an, a setter. And Aaron Hoppy, she's good. She's been improving day by day or game by game. But if you look, compare her to Oregon Setter Knight, who had about 30-plus assists. 35, Maggie Scott. That's she, <laughs> pretty good. Yeah, she set them up. She set up Oregon in a way where I think that's what Texas State is also kind of lacking, is just the the ability to set for the hitting. Because they had, like coaches have said a while ago, they have six hitters. It's just it's hard to – see those six hitters perform when they don't have someone that can get them the ball consistently. So would you say it's more setting than the hitting or like what what's the reason for twenty four errors this kind of this kind of performance that you saw? I feel like for this for the twenty four errors, I wanna say it's more the hitting kinda I don't know. Because the, the opportunities they had, they were good, but also tonight I feel like a lot of blocks happened where like they'd had good looks, but just I mean, Oregon they have tall players. And Texas they also lacks that too. Like they, ha- they don't have as tall players as compared to other teams. So it's harder for them to – So they have the to create better looks yeah. than the other teams because if you have the height to compensate, then you can kind of get away with not being lazy, but you can kind of just smack the ball hard in the ground and go, look how tall I am, look at that point. Whereas Texas State, like you've said before, yeah. kind of has to work harder for their points. Mm-hmm. Um, I think what 
you brought up too. Texas State started on an 8-1 run in the first set, and then the, they lost the first set, lost the second set, lost the third set, didn't really have a lot of fight it's in It's kind of like a repeat what happened in Indiana. They had match point 24-21 in the – I think, believe it was – And that's a loss they don't haven't forgotten. Yeah, and I believe it was in either the third or fourth set of that game. But, yeah, they had the lead. It's just for some reason whenever they get up on these huge runs, they just can't stay consistent enough to hold on or to just keep the pressure going. They just – it's just errors or – Something with the team that they just need to solve. Chisholm said, though, that she was proud that they never quit. They kept chipping away. Uh, she said they had too many hitting errors, and we, we, she just got to earn the points. We can't give them away. Uh, that's the game. That's basically what she said. That 24 errors, that's 24 points that they lost. That's a set almost that they just gave up just because they they weren't consistent enough. And I don't want to – I have a theory maybe. I don't know. It's not really basis – it's not a huge basis. But maybe they lost because Oregon had their wake-up call last night. UTSA beat them um, on, uh, at home. And Texas State – I saw some tweets. And I was like, okay, UTSA beat them. We beat them. Oregon should be not an easy opponent, yeah. but it should be – we could beat them, the number 12-ranked team in the country. We yeah. can beat them at our home floor. Chisholm said before she's not really scared of scheduling these opponents. So maybe that first off, A, Oregon was like, we can't put that performance that we did on Monday night. We, we can't let that happen again. And B, maybe Texas State got into their heads. This is just a maybe. This is not me reporting anything. I'm not the beat writer. That's your job. Um, maybe it was maybe like, you know what? We, we have a chance to beat them. And that may or may not have set in. I don't know. Um, but it, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't want to read too much into this, though. Right? I know at practice when they discussed it before the Oregon game, that they were they they did talk about the Indiana game and what had happened and what occurred at it and they're trying a to game get over they should have won honestly yes they're trying to get over it have they gone over it maybe part of that tonight maybe it's still carrying over maybe they just felt like still down about that and I'm sure tonight didn't help also after the first set when you have that eight run lead and then you start having flashbacks to possibly what happened in Indiana so I mean it's good that they're getting against such tough uh, non-conference opponents. But it's hard. I, guess, I think it's a harder pill to swallow when you're coming so close to beating these teams in games you know you should win, and you just can't just close them out. And to the credit, I think this loss is a loss, and nothing Chisholm's going to sweat too much because she said it before. She says it all the time. She doesn't really care about the record going into the conference season, which begins in about a week and a half. She cares about the process. She cares about how the team is playing, how they're performing. I think we can both agree that she doesn't think the team is right where she wants it to be um, at this point in the season. But yes. there's some – I mean, I've seen some signs that they're good. I've seen some signs that they're not. It's very like – they're consistently inconsistent, this team. Yeah. Um, and a thing I just saw – I want to see the trend continue lauren kirch i know we, we didn't really talk about this before the podcast she played one set last uh, tonight she's only played seven the entire year we talked about it at bobcat radio last friday she was one of the top people in kills last year and she hasn't played yeah, a she lot. was the be one of the best returners that they were that was coming yeah back and she season. was one of the people that was like okay it's her and jordan cole she's played seven sets this year i don't know what the deal is i don't know if there's a story there or maybe she's hurt maybe she's dropped out of the rotation something's up but i just feel like that's a interesting storyline to watch and I look at it and I'm like okay all these players who just got onto the team are playing way more than Lauren Kirch who established herself last year yeah I don't know I don't know I don't know where that's coming from um but I think that I think we you talked about in the season preview too the newcomers the setters the players that are coming in that have never put a quote bobcat jersey in their life coach mm -hmm. Chisholm's talked about them all how are they doing through about 
a month of the season. Well, I feel well. Both the setters are new: Emily Shelton and Aaron Hoppy. They're both new, and both of the setters that they have, they've they're improving constantly. I believe over the last couple of games, uh, Hoppy has had assists from against Bravey, she had ten against Lamar twenty one, and against Indiana on Saturday she had thirty three. They have two hundred and thirty so, assists between the two. I mean, they're doing they're doing within expect. I or I would say. Like possibly they're doing above expectations. I mean, to be fair, like like Chisholm said, this is the first time any of them are putting on a Bobcat jersey. So to do this and have this kind of performance, granted they're not winning the games, but they're still doing, they're still per- helping the team out and they're still performing their job as the setters. And I feel another person would be July Bolden. She's third in kills on the team and she's a transfer. She played. She's played twenty seven sets too, tied for f- tied for the first on the team too yeah she's shown that she can also be another hitter for them along with jordan cole and shelby vazmat that can help them out when they need scoring or just a body in there to help them knock it down across the board you're looking at it i think the newcomers morgan lewis like you said you have emily shelton hope um across the board at madison daigle i think they've she's been she's still i feel like Chisholm hasn't solidified her rotation yet, but I think she's at a point where she may be getting close. And as at this point, Lauren Kirch is not in that rotation. Yes. Uh, we're going to talk about this later. Maybe we can get an answer to this Chisholm, or maybe like we'll find out the reason later. But that's, that's going to be interesting. And as they head into one of their last uh, non-conference slates, you're looking at it, they, they have uh, the Shocker Volleyball Classic coming up. They're playing South Dakota State. Northern Illinois and Wichita State, and they it is over Friday. Two games on Friday, a game on Saturday. Then they go Tuesday, Sam Houston State, and then they start the Sun Belt Conference season. Yeah. So as we near that kind of breaking point where Texas State is like, let's get the conference non-conference slate over with, so we can kind of see what team we really have. What are you looking for in these next three to four non-conference games as they get into that groove? I feel what Texas State's gonna be looking at mostly is probably the game of Wichita State just because they played them last year and it was such a close five-game set. Um, South Dakota State, I mean, they're a mid-major. I'm sure Chisholm's not too worried about that team. Northern Illinois, she did say they were a good volleyball school, so I'm pretty sure she's going to have them prepared as well for Northern Illinois. But for the most part, I'd say definitely it's going to be Wichita State is going to be a team that they're most looking out for uh, this coming weekend. Last year in San Marcos, Wichita State won in five sets. 26-24, Texas State won two of the first three sets and then lost the last two. Again, not finishing the game like this year, not finishing the game when they needed it most. That second second in particular, 29-31, that went back and forth, back and forth. And I remember that loss being pivotal because I remember just it was frustrating because they were right on the doorstep and they didn't get the win. So maybe that's still in their mouth, that taste of uh, that loss in their mouth. But they're going to be on the road this time. So we'll see how much that changes. Like you said, South Dakota State, Northern Illinois, you can't ever take teams for granted, especially in volleyball, but those should be wins. Those should be wins in volleyball. So this is a – I don't really want to, like, overstate it, but it, it'll be nice to see the team. I think a victory here is two out of three, three out of all – if you get three of them, that's amazing. Be, that's outstanding. Good that's good. Then you go to Sam Houston State, get that out of your way, and then you're in the Sunbelt Conference where you're – With momentum. With momentum, and you're projected to be second. So you already have that kind of talent there, um, and that's what they're looking for. But you look at it, we want to focus on – a player for the weekend, for whatever, for the rest of the season to folk to watch. And uh, I think I'll start off, and I think it's like the setter. 
Erin Hope. She's, like you said, she may have solidified her role as the top setter. She had 25 assists in the loss to Oregon. She has 123 assists this season, sophomore coming into the new team. I remember talking about it. The setter was a very unsettled position there, and I was – that was my key. If they can find someone who can turn the tables and set up everyone and create offense, I think that was the key. And I don't, I said if it was Hope, Shelton, me, Tim Duncan, I don't care. Whoever's setting should is one of the most important players on the volleyball team. She seems to be finding her own as she's averaging 5.6 assists per set. I think she's finding that the consistency and then she has the confidence in Chisholm and she's turned into one of the players that they can rely on. So that's the player I'm looking at. I would say the players I'm looking at, not just a player, but players, would probably just be the hitting lineup of Wayned, Vazmat, Cole. They got to do better than Tuesday yeah. night. I mean, it's like like we stated earlier. The attempts from each of them, are, they're all there. They're all there. Like they have, they can know, they know how to take their shots and take their opportunities. It's just the lack of terminating on that team is just I'm really the Terminator. Them. I'll be back. <laughs> it's, just, it's, just really, it's just really hurting the team right now. I, I think it's a good thing. If there's anything to be taken away from that, if you're looking at it on the glass half full, I'm typically glass half empty. Um, <laughs> but I, it, the, the opportunities, if they're not there to start off with, it's kind of hard to score. So at least they're getting them. Maybe yeah. maybe there's some regression to the mean. Maybe there's some they, – they find their way. So at least they're getting the opportunities. I look for Cole, Winan, Matt, Vassmat, Bolden, that entire – they're deep, stable of hitters to kind of come back to where they were last week, I think. I, I think I'm with you. I think those are good to watch. Your predictions for the weekend, three games, what do you what do you think uh, volleyball accomplished? I feel Besides playing games, they're going to do that. Yeah, I feel that South Dakota State will pro- most likely be a win. Um, Northern Illinois, I feel like will also be a win for them. It's just really that Wichita State game that I feel could go either way for them. Um, if they come out like how they did tonight and can actually maintain the lead and keep the, the pressure they have, then they should – like, well, they should have taken Indiana, but – they should have taken the game, but if it happens again where they take a big lead and then all of a sudden errors happen, lack of terminating happens, then it'll just be a repeat of the last, essentially the last three games. It'll be, well, it would be Wichita State if it happens, but then Oregon and Indiana as well. I'm going to go, why not? I think they'll win all three games. I think Wichita State's the one that's going to be key. It's going to be the last one of the Shocker Volleyball Classic. I think they win all three. I think this team. We'll take this loss tongue-in-cheek and just move on from it. Um, that's my prediction for the weekend. So as we wrap up the show, what's your final thought? I'd say my final thoughts are that I think Tech State, they're still growing as a team. I feel like they'll they'll continue to improve. I feel like when conference play shows up, I feel like we'll see just how good this team is. I think because they haven't – I mean, the teams they've been playing, they haven't been playing just run-of-the-mill teams. They've been playing teams that are nationally ranked, yeah. teams that, are, that have beaten other ranked teams. So – they're not playing against just no-name teams. They're playing against teams that will help them improve and that they can look back on and say, hey, we played against them. We took them five sets. We can, we can play against any school, really. I'm going to look for the team to find the life in them, like Life Cereal. I think they are going to – I think life, like you think about it, quality cereal, old-fashioned, consistent, kind of boring, but – it gets the job done, and I want to see Texas State Volleyball get the job done and be like Life Cereal. It doesn't need to be flashy like Apple Jacks or Cinnamon Toast Crunch. We don't, we don't need any of those cereals. Those cereals are kind of not that great. You want the life. You want the punch. You want the team to be consistent, old-fashioned, and like last year win games. So I'm, I want to see them be more like Life Cereal than the other whatever cereals. I, we're going to talk about that at a later time, but 
<laughs> that's our show for today. For Jose Campos, I'm Kisa Ramirez. Peace out.